Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune in to the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and learn some at once. With the mask not adding up, you said I'm checking it out. I'm working to the ground. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard, at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts. Dang it, nearly got it there. And other stuff. So, uh, this is part four of my conversation with Zach Reed, and I was wrong. There is easily another two full episodes of stuff in this section, and I, I'm tired. I'm going to bed after finishing this. Uh, so this will conclude uh, the the this this the epic series that is me talking to Zach Reed this year about everything fantasy football, um, unless I I find it in myself to produce a Jalen Hurts episode because Zach Reed had some really interesting things to say about Zach about Zach Reed no about Jalen Hurts I am tired people I am going to bed there is no editing Pete at the end of this one. That there's just however this conversation ended. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed it. I I had a blast. Um, uh, thanks to Zach. Thanks to all of you for sticking through. And I hope you enjoy this last little sliver of uh, the honest conversation I had with Zach. Uh, appreciate it. What's it about? Um, everything else we haven't talked about yet, including uh, which rookies are impressing us the most this season um uh, towards the very end yeah all right thanks again i don't have a building process because my my entire thing is rotating rosters as well and better than i can getting into the first tier as often as i can with like we were just talking about so there really should never be a need to blow it up like players right. underperform in a season but i mean just your roster doesn't ideally look like this. I went a little crazy. Um, <laughs> it was trade addicts. I was like, I need to learn how to trade. And it turns out you can learn a lot about how not to trade. <laughs> so like I've got Rashad Bateman. I've said Moss out for a third, I guess. No one's going to, everyone knows I'm desperate. They're not going to give me a second. Uh, and Gaskin. Um, you can't build for the draft. That's one of the quickest things I learned when I started playing dynasty instead of redraft like too many people think well i'll get bottom i get a better pick i'll draft derrick henry i'll be good um you can't build for the draft all you can do is build to get more that's where value comes into play if you know what i mean if you hit bottom and you're bottom and i didn't know if you had more thoughts about that because i've got this league sitting here staring at me in the face i'm like i don't build traditionally um, but I do not. I've seen way too many teams continually play their league D's 
dues without realizing there are three good teams in that league and they are going to keep you down unless you go all out. You can't get a good player next year and then add him to your roster and then get a good player the next year or two because you've got a second round pick that worked out. Yeah, If you get a good player, you got to trim. <laughs> you got to almost throw it. Well, so this is this you is got to flip. This is the way. So how I have traditionally approached. I mean that, although not not necessarily um, not having any assets, but but having few assets is because there's this weird phenomenon where people don't or traditionally haven't. Now we get Devi, so things are we're, we're picking up. People are getting smarter. It's making this a lot harder. But before you, you used to be able to identify a draft class a couple years out, right, and then try to get because people devalue a a pick two years out. So like it was always when I first started playing Dynasty, you'd listen to DLF, and it was uh, Carl Savchek and somebody else i can't remember who else it was but there was the dlf like the flagship dlf podcast and they would always talk um about a a, a first round pick two years out is is worth a second yeah now that's the way that's the that's the way i think of it in so, my head like but first it, this year yeah. but if you're trying to rebuild and you don't have anything and people are valuing a first in two years like a second and you can trade a player who's worth a second and get a first and you identify that class and you can get multiple shots at. So I did this and, and I'd have to go back and listen to the show we did, but Kyle and I did a show back. Uh, it was, it was 2015 and I'd identified the 2017 class as being, you know, kind of a bull of the woods class. And so I had traded, uh, a player who or two players who are worth seconds for a second in the next draft class and a first in the draft class after. And so I did that like three different times. So by the time I was done, I had five picks in the top seven of the 2017 class, which had Christian McCaffrey. It had Leonard Fournette. It had Kareem Hunt. It had like, it was a draft class that, I was interested in. And then because one of them was the one Oh one and everybody was after Corey Davis, I could trade that pick for another pick and, and another first. So I traded the one one for a later first and a first in the next year's class. Luckily that first became Saquon Barkley. And so then you have a team where you've got McCaffrey, Barkley. And so in two years, I went from being the worst team in the league to winning two championships in a row to being in another one last year and, and being one of the top scoring teams and, and being in third right now. Like it's, that's, that's how I like my skill set is rookies. My skill set is building through the draft and being able to identify a draft class. And so, so like the 2023 class, we were talking about that last year as being the one that you want to attack if you can. Now people are a lot sharper. They're listening to, to 
Debbie people, they're listening to Ray Garvin talk about Bijan Robinson and like all of this stuff. So it's harder. But that is one way. That is my way. That is the way that I am most comfortable and most successful to build. It's not the only way. I mean, if you talk to Russ, Russ would say, no, you just trade this guy and 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 this guy. And you make 50 <laughs> trades. And if you win 50 trades by like half a point, all of a sudden you've made 25 points and, you know, and you keep doing that and you get better. I'm not good enough at that. So the way I do it is I'll lose value in a trade because I'm trading for a, a a first that's two years out so i've got to wait so i lose that that entire year of of production but i gain when we get to 2023 i gain that value back you know tenfold because Bijan robinson is going to be worth way more than any guy that was worth a second that i traded to get that and and the other players in that draft class are going to be worth more and so that like that's how I attack. It's certainly not the only way. I mean, I will say in this league, um, I've got two 2023 picks, and that's because I was trading for them last year. Like, this yeah, team was bad yeah, last year. Yeah. I'd say the difference now is you almost have to extend it an extra year. Right. <laughs> and But but that's why it's important to be paying attention to – because not everybody's listening to Debbie. Not everybody's paying attention to a draft class two years out or three years out. Like – if you can identify them early and say, okay, my team is bad. I'm going to, I am, I fully accept the fact that my team is bad. I am going to make this play. That's a, that's another way to make a big swing. All right. Um, here's where my head's at. I guess this is a section we need to, we need to drop. Building a roster, roster, roster. There you go. I did drop <laughs> that was professional. I just dropped that one in. Um, no, um, like in this league, uh, there are two of us that all play win record is 10. That's real bad if you've never looked at all play win record, but everyone else is decent, you know, 59 to 22 or so. But if you look at the trade bait, everyone's trading for the future. That's the other thing with Dynasty. Like we started out this thing three hours ago. Like everyone's interest, more interested in value than points. And my mind immediately goes to, it would almost be easier for me to try to build a win-now team. Yeah. It feels like, having said that, when you go and offer them value players for points players, everyone's suddenly a little more hesitant. You have to throw picks <laughs> at it. And after trading literally everything I can away, I've got two first-round picks. I start, like, I traded all my picks away. And now I've got like multiple thirds and seconds and two first round picks in two years. <laughs> That's all I was able to acquire. So, but I'd have to throw them away to do it. But that that was honestly when I was thinking about building or even just trades in general in a league. It's like because everyone in a dynasty league is almost always orientated towards the future a little bit more than I think necessary. It's almost yeah. always easier. To or at least people are saying on their trade bait when you send them off is like, no, nah, I, I, I want a young player. I want a first round pick or a second round pick. I don't know if that's true, but if everyone's saying 70% of the truth, it's almost easier to go out and trade for win now players. Yeah. So is that what I want to do? But no, it's too far into this season, right? I can't go trade for Calvin Ridley, Mike Davis, Who's win now and low value right now? Keenan Allen, who I already mentioned. Henderson. 
and James Robinson, right? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I can make the finals from this point on, but I, I know that. I don't know if but, I have a skill but set, but it is that my. I do seem to come at things sideways and looking at the difficulties in trading and the low value of my players. The first one was still, I love a lot of those players I just mentioned. I think it, this team has some really good players on it. The first thought was I just have to forget that I like these players and um, <laughs> that no longer matters because I have to flip this drastically instead of just churning a roster, I have to change it. And so that's the first thing to go. And the next thing to do was looking at the trade bait and even like the five and one teams are like, I want literally, I want, I'm looking for picks. I'm like, <laughs> it's like the five and one. So, um, yeah, that, that was my next thought. It's like, maybe I should trade more for older players. Like I tend to want to do anyway, that I'm shorter term. Is, is that crazy? No, but because I think I think that's again that's part of part of evaluating. So so we're now down into the nitty gritty, like in in this league, right? Right. And oh, this yeah, wait, league... that's the thing about that's why I thought it was interesting to do. Like we're several years in, and there's a lot of stuff yeah. that happens at that point. You've got tiredness. You've got people. The league gets a little more slack, and you've got dominant teams and bottom teams, and that's a very different. Like it's right. hard for a bottom team to ever raise up when it's a true bottom team like mine is, to be honest. And like, because what we were talking about, there's there's no value in those teams at the top actually making a fair value trade. It's like, no, you stay down there. It's fine. I, right. I have a better win percentage by having a by not making a good trade for myself and keeping you down there. <laughs> I don't think anyone's thinking about it that maliciously, but I think it's um one of the ways it works, you know, something John Bosch mentioned when I was complaining and moaning about people not wanting to trade with me. Cause I'm a little, I'm a little weakling. Um, <laughs> was one of the things that's happening right now is you have a smaller market. Cause there are only a few teams that are really interested in pushing. Cause they think their team's pretty good. Those in the middle might get the players. They might win, but they don't really see any value in giving up value. Like we were saying, they can play in the middle cause they're in the middle a bit more. And yeah, the one team I'm in the middle on, I'm like, let's sell everything to win. <laughs> and I do think that, yeah, I'm going to try that. Um, but um, he said there are fewer teams who would be interested and therefore it's a smaller market. And I think he says, absolutely right. That's one of the things going on. But I think if that was one of the motivating factors, it wouldn't be a lack of interest. It would be low interest. Right. And, like so some things are uh, but it was a really interesting point that by week five there's a smaller trade market for anyone that you happen to have and that does should be one of the reasons that affects why Dara henderson doesn't have as much value because they know you've only got three teams you can really trade them to but that should also drive um the price so there are only three that, teams, but but the three teams should want him more. You know what I mean? Like, the, yeah, that's my hypothesis yeah. that they should be more motivated. But then, but, but since but, then, but, not it ends up just being not. Well, and and that's <laughs> that's the trick. That's the tricky thing where sometimes game theory breaks down because, or or maybe where game theory comes into play because not everybody is playing the game rationally. Like that, that's right. that's the thing. So like like. Bosch is is hyper rational, like doesn't care about any players. He wants like the 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 player doesn't matter. If he's in a position where he needs points, the points matter. 
if he's in a position where he wants to tank, only the value matters. The and so, but not everybody plays that way. And so that's I think I think that's where psychology and game theory and and that sort of thing comes into play because because now instead of instead of playing the high level like dynasty again looking at dlf's adp or whatever you're now in this league where okay nobody wants to trade for anything but picks so they okay think. so maybe maybe you can find players that you've got seconds and thirds maybe you can find players that you think are worth more than a second because to, to me i don't care about a second round pick I don't care about a third. That's round the pick. other thing that ends up happening in these conversations when I try to figure out the reality versus the game theory. Essentially, right, right, that's right. What, that's what John Botch is talking about. He's right that that should be the reason, but I'm like, but it's not. And I'm not <laughs> trying to. I'm not having a difficulty understanding the reality. I'm trying to tilt over the fact that that shouldn't be the reality. <laughs> like, right. if anyone, if talking about rationality, but um. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they say they want youth and picks. I don't, I, I don't know. People want things that they. There's a difference between <laughs> saying I want youth and picks, and then you're like, but I can't trade Saquon Barkley for that. It's right. like that's youth and picks, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I know. I don't know where it's going with that, but I do think it's in. Like, I can't break down this entire league, but I do think, I don't know. I might try it that way. Like, Darren Waller's underperforming, but he's more of a win-now asset. If I send Rashad Bateman, and he's on the trade block with the note youth and picks. So if I send Rashad Bateman plus something for Darren Waller, that's definitely not a value. That's not thinking, like, future value. I'm not trading for picks. Right, that's I'm not trading now. for you. But... Like Darren Waller's not going anywhere next year, right? I don't think so. Or the year <laughs> after that. So, but, like, you see what I mean? I'm trying to reverse yes, it, but target yes. the right players. But I do think if I send that off, it'd be like, no, I'm trying to win, dude. I'm four and two. But I'm like, take him off the tray, bait. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I guess I could find out, and that would be again. He's perfectly right to think that. And uh, it's difficult to figure out. Like you said, you've got reality, you've got people's actual personalities, you've got what they think they want to do and then what they actually would be willing to do. Yeah. And, and, and this isn't like, I have to be the rational one. I'm the same way, I assume. Like I've said many times, I would do that. Then I've gotten the offer in my <laughs> inbox and like, oh, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> and and I, I think also, especially in a league that's as active, and I assume that since it's a Rust League, you have a, a pretty active chat. Like there's also the... Like, what if I, what if I screw this up and like, like all of these people, like, you know what I mean? So like, so, so maybe they, maybe they would make that trade, but, but it's easier to, to not because, because not making that trade, you, you didn't screw anything up. It's just bad luck. It's what, whatever your players did. But if you actively make a trade now, that's on you. That's on you. I mean, you made that trade, man. So, yeah, 
and to be clear, just because I'm not sure I laid it out, because Darren Waller isn't old. It's not an age thing. No. It's typically, when you're trying to build, as I understand it, and I, I listen to many people, like and all of us listen, to, everyone's got a how to build podcast except me, I think, an article. And <laughs> it's more about getting more. F- so when you're trying to win, you're trying to get single players. Like you want to roll things into one player to re- right consolidate. You're much more of a knife edge. If they fail, if they get hurt, you're dead. But you're hopefully getting more points and more immediate value. Whereas when you're trying to build, or the way it occurs to me, you're trying to split things up. I'll trade Rashad Bateman into a first, a second, and uh, no KJ Osborne, whatever, mm-hmm. because you're trying to throw as many dice as you can. Sorry, you're getting tired. Um, and instead, and the reason you don't want to do that is the same thing I said about those rookie picks. If you get the one-on-one and you draft Saquon Barkley or that great running back, you have to trade them because having one thing isn't enough to make your team great. And so you have to re-roll it. And that's the problem with building. That's ten, Tell me if but, I'm wrong, but I think no, like having one great player but, is you just got to trade them. I'm a, but I, I could be wrong I, about that. It depends on, I mean, like, Honestly, it depends on the player. Like having Saquon Barkley change your team for a year, having Christian McCaffrey change your team for a year. Like that's it, what I it, mean, though. Does it if if you've got Christian McCaffrey? Let's go for something this year, so we can all actually relate to it. Because I can't remember who was scoring points that year, apart from Christian McCaffrey. So this year, if you've got Najee Harris, he's top three in the league or whatever. And imagine he's Christian. But that's one like, likes him like, but your wide receivers are Juju, Odell Beckham, and who else do I roster in this league? And Rashad Bateman. It's like, yeah, but it definitely didn't change my team, right? <laughs> you know what but, I mean? But it, but it, so, so then I've got aging running back who might get injured next year, and then my wide, even if my wide receivers turn around, so that's where my head's at, right. So trade him now because you're not ready well, to win. Now. If you, if you, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you have a team where like you only have a running back, yes, the answer is trade him and and, but but that's again, ideally when you build, at least for me, I try to put my wide receivers in place, and yeah. then attack you know a draft class with running backs and 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 add those back. So like the the wide receivers that i had in place when when i drafted McCaffrey and when i drafted were were pretty good i mean i had amari cooper and i i don't i it was a while ago it was 4 years ago now so i have to i'd have to go back and look and it doesn't really matter but like i had a pretty good wide receiving core and then to put myself over the top you talk about making trades so dalvin cook was one of the players that i drafted in that class so yeah, McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, uh, Saquon in the next class, Leonard Fournette. So in order, because Dalvin Cook was injured, in order to uh, cement winning a championship with that team, mm-hmm. I traded Dalvin Cook and Amari Cooper, which is an overpay, to get Ezekiel Elliott. But Ezekiel Elliott at that point was playing at such a level that I won. I ended up winning two in a row. Even winning one, that's worth it. No, you're right. I'm exact. I like to simplify into extreme, just because I, I can't handle more than one thing. Like, I just <laughs> want one list with five players on it. Okay, don't give me like like I was doing with my own list. And then um, actually, this 
that that philosophy permeates everything. Um, I was talking about that with someone else. <clears throat> so I do try and simplify into extremes. And you're right. I mean, there's no need to trade. If you only have one good asset, you don't have to trade them away necessarily, especially since hopefully you're trying to add other good assets other ways, like uh, getting an undrafted free agent or finding a second round pick that works out. Or, but I just think that's, I think that's a path everyone's trying to walk, like build through the draft and draft the right second round pick. And I often find value in going, okay, I'm going to go upstream. And so, for sure. and that's what I'm kind of looking at like instead of and so simplifying building upstream would be trade multiple bateman and a first into a more right now player because i think i'd find the swimming easier it's like get your wide receivers in play that makes sense until like in a dynasty league it's been going for a few years everyone in this league is incredibly smart incredibly good at dynasty Uh, no question um in my mind so, but I think, and I think I've experienced all of them doing it at different points. Like they don't want to trade wide receivers, like the Daryl Henderson thing. They just they want the right. dynasty. Everyone knows wide receivers have value. They play longer, and so it's actually it's harder to get them in place. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, I do disagree. Like, I, I but do. Like, like if I went with this team, like I've got Rashad Bateman. All right, I'll go get Jamar Chase. It's not happening. It, right. I would have to package so many players together, <laughs> um, that it would just look like a package deal, and they're rejected outright. I could send them two first round picks and a. He looks a Rashad Bateman. That probably sounds like a great ass, a great trade for Jamar Chase. I don't think anyone's doing it because it's Jamar chase in a dynasty league right. I would do that actually two first round picks uh, and Rashad Bateman that actually might get Jamar Chase but then what do you what do you do with Jamar Chase once you have him that's what I'm that's what I was saying about having one good player doesn't work well, and but so if that's trying to get wide receivers in place that yeah. but so that's that's where that's where you attack your league who says old players don't matter like or I mean that's that's like, the thing. I, no one in this league's got like a, a. No one in this league thinks DeAndre Hopkins dust. They just know that his value is decreasing. Right. Like again, there's they they yeah. You you know everyone in this league. It's got Russ. It's got Bobby. It's got it's got Casey. It's got Riley. But you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to be like, oh, Keenan Allen's terrible. I'll give him away for a second. You're not going to get any too easy trades. So upstream would be what? I mean, I actually don't know. I'm just spitballing. Help me. Well, if, this isn't a podcast, Zach. I asked you here to fix my team. <laughs> so, it, but in in that type of in that type of league where you've got so many people who are actually putting out content or talking about players. I'm listening to them and saying, "Okay, what do they want?" <coughs> Sounds like a lot of work. I know, but that like that, <laughs> that's literally like, and that's why I've only got six leagues, and and most of them are with a bunch of the same players because I enjoy this. I enjoy the people in them, and and but I also know the people in them, and I know that I know that I can go to like I just made a trade with um with Joe FF Trader Joe, and. And I know that I can I can go make a trade with him. I know that I can go make a trade with Russ. And I know 
that they value different players than I do. And so that makes it a, a, a good trade partnership. And, and so like, I really think that giving a blanket states, that's part of what makes dynasty analysis so hard and why I kind of copped out and was like, Hey, I'm going to talk about the psychology because I think that's one of the most important things in this game is you're actually playing the people. Like, here's the problem. And also something you're pointing out, and I'm like, I don't want to accept that, but I'm going to have to. (laughs) Um, There is no, uh, I love heuristics. I love simplifying things into extremes, trying to swim upstream. All this sounds great. And that tends to be my mentality and what I'm trying to do. But in reality, there is no, here's five players you need to trade for list, especially in an individual league. There is no simplified... And the simple answer is, I don't want to put in the work. I want something simple. So I'm like, okay, I'll just go to do this one simple thing. Like I swim upstream and trade for single value assets. And that will be my cure all. And really the answer is, <laughs> there is no answer. I'm going to have to talk to this guy and this girl. And I'm going to have to get in the league chat. And then I'm going to have to go look at their history. And I'm going right. to go look at their team. It's, it's, the real answer is, it's more work than most of us want to invest. And so we're all looking for someone to give us one simple just trade, just trade for this one player. And and that's why that's why the the people who are successful in the industry are not the people that you want to listen to. That's why it's why we bring up Bosch, and it's why we bring up you, and it's why we bring up Russ, and it's it's why we bring up the people who who haven't haven't quote unquote made it in the industry because the people who have made it in the industry are giving you a cure-all that doesn't actually work. And, and one of my favorite podcasts, you finish listening to them, and you're like, this, why haven't I been winning? This is going to be so much fun. I'm going to do these three things. And I'm yeah, but it doesn't work greatest. And then two years later, you're like, the, what did I misunderstand? The best <laughs> advice, the best advice I ever, I ever have received in Dynasty, and it is a pain in the ass to do. It's a pain in the ass to keep up. But I have... Louis Pasiga, uh, Leo Pasiga, not Louis, Leo, Leo Pasiga. Um, great guy. Talks of, talk, talk, yeah, Gen- brilliant, genuinely. but t- talks about keeping notebooks on the people in your league. Yeah, I know. I've been avoiding his content forever, but I know it sounds like so much work, Zach. But, but, it, but it's so brilliant, <laughs> and it's and you can go back and look, like I can go back and look and say, okay, you know, this this person is you know rookie fever and and if two weeks before the draft i can sit there and go all right here take this and this and this and and go or you know or whatever it is so like if you were keeping a note on me you would never send me a a trade with a second round pick in it (laughs) because i look at that second round pick and that is a zero i don't i don't want it like i don't want it because like I, I, I'm not confident enough in making a second round pick until I'm there, mm-hmm. and I see who's there. And if I want one, I'll trade for it. But, but people do that, and I'm just like, nah, that's a reject. And it's, and it's not like it may not have been a bad trade. It may have not have been bad value. But whatever dynasty trade calculator says about a second round pick, it is however many points that they put in there, too high. In my in my book, until I'm on the clock and or there's a player there in the second round that I want, and then I'm apt to go, 
hey, I'll give you next year's second and a third. And people will say, oh, well, I get a second and a third for this second. And they and they give it to me and I get the player that I want. But like up until that point, I don't care about a second uh, until Rondell Moore's on the clock or until Brian Edwards is on the clock. Like I, I just I don't give a shit about that pick until it's there. But but there are people who do. There are people who a second round pick, they're like, oh yeah, second round pick. But but you have to know. And yeah, I'm so one of those people. I will yeah. always trade for a second round pick in advance. Yeah. I find most people give them away. And so and so and then you're on the yeah. clock and someone called Zach Rad offers you a first for your second round pick. Yeah, yeah, he did. And you declined it. And I declined it <laughs> real hard. <laughs> real hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I find a better way of saying that. Yeah, it, it's true. Like uh, one way of seeing my fantasy journey is me uh, literally learning statistics, Excel, starting to learn R, make projections, and understand the base, base, very basic understanding of statistical analysis, just to avoid learning about my league mates. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Like a procrastinator well, like uh, me will do all of that before so, we do the one thing we don't want to do. So, so I don't want to go back to the transaction history. I don't want to do it. You, you know, you know how I talk about how how bad I am at trades. It's it's because there is one facet of trades that absolutely sucks, and that is the fact that you have to deal with people to do it. <laughs> Can't we just be stats? Can't we just be like <laughs> nameless, uh, <laughs> nameless teams that we send random offers to? And I have the thirteenth most points scored against me in the entire Scott Fishbowl out of the nineteen hundred teams. <laughs> there are only twelve teams that have had more points scored against them, and out of the possible points, I have only left a hundred points on the board in six weeks. That's true. Um, speaking of which, how is Antonio Gibson doing? He's doing well. Ish. Yeah, he looks I mean, good. Yeah, he looks about what I you know, expected. About the same Sherry. He's uh, what I've got him as running back sixteen, but I still don't have Monday Night stats, so that could be wrong. Uh... That's season long four points points per game. He's like twentieth, I think. Because he had a, I think he had a pretty good game. Yeah, I got him at 16. All right. 13, 13 and a half points a game. He's a new carry on Johnson, man. He, he's <laughs> good, but everyone expects him so much. Um, I mean, JD McKissick is running back 23 in the same backfield. <sighs> Love it. Uh, who are the rookies that are standing out? You said Jalen Waddle, but is there anyone else that's really sticking out that you didn't expect as much or you expected more? Uh, uh, Elijah Moore is someone that's already feeling like a big a letdown for me. Yeah, but I don't think that's his fault. Like, I, I'm not to be like make excuses, but um, the Jets re signing Jamison Crowder is just weird. I, it's just Jamison Crowder walked right in and just thank you. I, I, you know what I mean? But like I he, mean, look, James Elijah Moore is doing okay in getting volume, and I'd be okay with that, even the underperformance on that volume. But then, like, yeah, the Jets were like, "Oh, just go get Jamison Crowder again." It, it doesn't yeah. doesn't feel good. 
No, but but the and the other part is um I'm pretty sure that Zach Wilson has more completions to other teams than he does to any player on his own roster. Like he's he's thrown nine interceptions already this year. Has which he not, is a lot. This is a weird question. Um, but is he not good or is this I didn't think he was good to stuff? begin with. Oh, he didn't? Okay. No, so so he was he was the like the fifth of five quarterbacks for me. And my but he was in so many memes. How could he not be good? <laughs> I mean, I, I I made the one of him uh with the uh the school picture uh background behind him. But yeah. uh no, so like what I said about Zach Wilson was Although his style draws comparisons to Mahomes and Favre, his gunslinging gets Wilson into trouble. He got away with a lot of bad throws into traffic, usually several per game, and at the next level, corners aren't going to drop easy picks. Uh, The biggest knock, aside from swashbuckling into traffic, is that Wilson always seems to be a half beat off from his receiver's timing. The ball gets there. It's catchable, but it's never quite in stride. And so Wilson creates very few opportunities for guys to create after the catch. So if you're talking a guy like, I mean, any of their receivers, more uh, Crowder or uh, Corey Davis. Corey Davis, like, dude. Uh, so, much of what, so, <laughs> but so much of what they do is after the catch is making plays. Zach Wilson sucks at that. And so it's it's really hard to have receivers who they're they're best. He he would be best suited with a player like Mike Evans, right? Who has fac the fall after catch? Like he's not going to get anything else. It's <laughs> it's throw the ball up, and it would have been great if Galladay got there. Speaking of weird corollary here, I think he's doing a little better at that for the first time this year. Now he's got Tom Brady. That might be something to say about the quality of quarterback. And he he did the same thing when Fitzpatrick was there and was a better, a more accurate thrower than Winston. Yeah, I I mean, I think quarterback matters to players. And and it's symbiotic. Yeah. I will say he's getting temp uh, through four games. He's got ten percent of the expected points of the team. I mean, there's reason to be hopeful. I'm not out on Elijah Moore after after five, six regular season games. No, I think he's good, and and, and um, I think he'll be a, so he'll be a guy you can buy after the season with all of your shitty second round picks. Huh? I just traded him away in that league. I'm pushing. I I, I traded him and a first away to get. Uh, who did I get with that? I think I got no offense, which sounds like a really bad trade. But again, I'm just trying to boost yeah. my overall yeah. scoring. And also, no offense, young. I, I, like, I'm not. He now feels like different Mike Gasecki at this point. Um, <laughs> and Mike no Gasecki's f- probably a little more recognized for what he's doing this year. So I was like, I'll go get Fant instead. No offense, um, got that uh, Kyle Pitts profile, you know. <laughs> there you go. Um,. Oh shit! The there are some names. Darmy Brown not doing as much as I hoped, especially given the draft capital. But I'm still not out. But I'm concerned. Um, he's him, Terrace Marshall, and Elijah Moore all looking concerning to me. And um, the two that I like pre-draft, obviously, I'm still keeping hope for. Um, after that, it's Amon Ra, Rondell, Devontae Smith, Waddle, Chase. You look good so yeah. far. Um, 
Kadaris Tony's in that category. I, I, I'm still out because I tend to stick with rookie evals and yeah, it's all athletics as far as I can tell, which is not nothing. But I, I don't know how to make it. You, it, it's yeah. So he is tough because I do not trust the coaching staff in New York. And and he is a player that is going to have to rely on the coaching staff to get. I mean, it's it's the same idea as um, the kid in Jacksonville, uh, Chenault. It's the same idea as Lavisca Chenault, where like if you can scheme Chenault the ball, he is very big and very fast and very physical and pretty good. Kadarius Tony is a little bit different, where he is like quick and shifty and and that but he still needs to be schemed the ball because he's not a player who is going to go out and run traditional routes and be successful so jason garrett do you trust jason garrett to you know draw plays consistently for somebody when he couldn't do it for uh, you know anybody like amari cooper and and that like no, I don't I don't trust yeah, it. I, I don't think I don't think anyone does. <laughs> no. And and, and the it's funny because everyone everyone's was victory lapping the Kadarius Tony thing because he had one good week where he had 10 targets. And yeah, but everybody on the team got hurt that week. Every like literally everybody, like there was nobody. It was Kadarius Tony and the ball boy were running routes, and that was it. And people are victory lapping, and they're like, ah, see, Kadarius Tony's great. And they're like, nobody was saying Kadarius Tony was terrible. Kadarius Tony was a terrible first round pick. Like, what? <laughs> like, it's a different thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you, you, you took Kadarius Tony over like everybody. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> okay. Um, is there anyone sticking out that you might think, you know, we won't obviously know about. I mean, a wide receiver, it's a little too early. There's, I mean, Anthony Swartz was looking half decent to start the season out with, but you're not expecting much from that draft capital. That kind of, it's all that kind of nice. Yeah, no, like this, this, I mean, this class, we kind of like, you looked at it and, and, and it was kind of what I said, where like everybody had kind of pumped it up. And I'm like, look, there, there are, it's not as good as everybody said. Like there are a couple of running backs that are pretty good. There are f- seven receivers that I think were were kind of head and shoulders above everything else. And then it was just kind of a, a amalgamation of like maybe, but probably not. And I think we're still there. I have to go check my rookie ranks. I can't remember where I had Devontae Smith, um, but I know I like him a lot. Um, I, I like him even more now. I think that might be underrated where Chase is doing everything he's done and the Eagles suck. And still somehow Devon Smith has been fantastic. I, I think he's yeah, he's yeah. I like so, I loved Elijah and Rondell Moore, and I'm wondering if I had him them above Smith because I like them so much. But I, I he he jumped some for now. Like I like I had those three in a tier. Bateman, Moore, Deami Brown, and Jalen Waddle. And then everybody else was just kind of like Pfft. Um, where are you at with them now? Like I mean, what it's would pretty, be the new ranking. Pretty Same. much. I mean, like, obviously Chase would, would be one because he's been fantastic. I think probably Smith, 
Rondell Moore, but but again, that's a that's still a tear for me. I think Rondell Moore has been at. We would be talking about Rondell Moore in the same vein as Jamar Chase if he is 18 inches away from having three more touchdowns. Yeah, I get it. I, and, I am not down. I haven't gone lower on Rondell Moore. I yeah. just, I'm really impressed with Smith so far. Yeah, um, I oh, edited it. Chase yeah. Bateman, Moore, Smith, then Rondell Moore, and I spent last month of the offseason talking about how five was too low for Rondell Moore. Yeah. And it feels too low. Um, but yeah, that was your but but it was like that's this is a really good top end of that class. Like is there anything else you want to talk about at all? I mean, well, I'm still recording, so I'm gonna turn that bit off. No, we hit I we hit like everything. If if people <laughs> li- if people listen to this, they're, and, they're good. They're and good. Don't, yeah, and don't win their league now. I I can't help you. I can't help you. <laughs> All right, Zach. Uh, thanks very much for coming on the crossroads again. I forgot we were doing the podcast. With you. I can't remember what I was gonna. Uh, yeah, it's always great to talk to you. Thanks very much, and thanks everyone else for listening. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, though. Beat enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight. Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more. Because the players ain't no older, they some hoarders or some mortars. Dropping bombs without no borders, they got that eye, eye like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road. Go, clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play unfold. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays. No, Pete enumerates the plays are analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road. Go, clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play unfold. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays. No, Pete enumerates the plays are analytical.